Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, I'd like to share with you at the beginning today. You guys never cease to amaze me, but, you know, I wasn't ready for last week when we were able to go over and see the building that... Uh, God has graciously given us in such a way that you have prayed over, that you guys gave over the years that we were able to, through the Lord, get that building. And, and hopefully this summer we'll be able to move into it. But I can't make this other announcement till next week. But uh, I don't want to, not here to tease you or anything like that, but I hope you remember <laughs> last week. <laughs> I knew, that, I knew I wasn't going to get it out the right way, so I'm just, I was just going to say it, that, uh, that, that next Sunday at the beginning, I'm not going to wait till the end, but uh, to share what all of you had given uh, towards uh, this building. And I was truly, it is, when you hear the amount that, that you guys had given, it's truly amazing. So anyway, so it just reminds me before we open God's word today. The Lord reminded me last week something very important, and that was this. And that is, if you feel like I do now, and those of you that are watching or listening, you feel like there's this cloud over all the world, and it's just dark. But then when the Lord does something, you know, like he's done through you guys and our church and our ministry, and we're able to go see this building last week that we're going to be able to move into this summer, and then the offering that you gave to purchase things. The Lord, the Lord just reminded me, hey, God just reminds me of his word, and it goes over to your personal life too, and then I'll pray, and it says, Jesus promised no matter what is coming against us, the gates of hell, when they start to open up more and more, and we see the evilness flood in this world, the gates of hell will not prevail against building his church. And in the times that we're living in, it just so encouraged me. And I know when many of you talked to me after last Sunday in the afternoon and so forth, I think that you were also blown away how beautiful and this building that we're getting ready to move into and all the different areas for the kids and the youth, the sanctuary, uh, that's how God does things. And in this crazy world that we're living in, just hold on to your faith. And even what we're looking at today, the reason we look at this week, which is so special, which is so important, because it is the foundation of our faith, who we believe in and why we believe in him. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. Lord, what you've done for our church, our, this local fellowship, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we look to your word today, this Palm Sunday, that we are so grateful that all the prophecies in the Bible came true. All of them that we see that Easter week that we celebrate starting today. Lord, we praise you for victory. And through your victory, we have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Luke, we see in what we call Palm Sunday in our message today is the king's influence for such a time as this. 
you know, as we look in the word in just a minute, there's no, it's so ironic to me. If you would say to yourself, what are the two classes of professions today that are more disappointing and that lie more than any, and, and, and it let you down more than any other profession as far as leadership. And those two are politicians, okay? We already know that, right? Okay. I think the last time they checked, they, uh, Washington, D.C. has a 6% approval rating. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> we, we believe in all, whether Democrat, Republican, House, Senate, whatever, 6%. But anyway, politicians and the other group of people that we don't trust anymore are pastors, okay? <laughs> Those two. As we look in God's word today, I want you to be aware of this. When Jesus went before Pilate, we're going to see the same thing. Why do we call it Palm Sunday? Well, there's a couple traditions there. We know when kings came back from war, they would cut the palm branches off and throw them on the ground of the dirt as they would come into the city as they proclaimed victory. It was also known in Egyptian times that it was a way of realizing at a funeral procession, palm branches were thrown down to show that this was a sign of victory, that these people were passing from this life into immorality in a life that would last forever. That's where it actually comes from. Now, as we look at this Palm Sunday and we see someone who is applauded, who's proclaimed as king, and we call it this Palm Sunday as he is proclaimed as a king, but they were looking for something different than what we actually need. Look at Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. Luke 19, 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives that he sent two of his disciples and saying, go to the other village opposite you and when you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. This is a prophecy out of the book of Zechariah. Loose it, bring it here, bring it to me. And if anyone asks you why you're loosing it, thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. You know, let's stop there for a minute. I always, always thought this years ago about if you were one of the disciples and the Lord's son, because you know if you stole a horse or a donkey or anything in that day, you could either be thrown in jail or you could be killed for, for taking that type of animal that was transportation. So here's the disciples and the Lord, again, once again, is testing their faith. He said, hey, I want you to go to this village, you know, way over here, doesn't really know what's going on where we're at today, and I want you to get this colt's never been ridden upon. First of all, going, where are we going? What are we doing? How's this going to take place? And we're just supposed to steal this thing and come back and give it to the Lord. Wow. You know, what I thought about that was, I don't know where you are in life, but you know, no matter where you are, no matter where I am, the Lord is always, if we're going to grow, if we're going to have joy, and if we're going to have peace, the Lord is always going to test your faith. If you want to really have joy and peace, knowing that, you know, do you ever have something happen to you and you prayed and prayed and prayed about it and the Lord came through in an unbelievable way and you say this, Lord, this is so amazing. I, I will never doubt you again, ever, right? 
And then about six months later, I don't know what it is that might happen in your life, and all of a sudden something totally differs in you. are like, oh, well, what is going on? Why is this happening to me? You know, but the Lord is always bringing us close to him. Here, this was a test of faith of his disciples. Are they still going to believe that he is really king? Is he Lord of all? Because the Lord went through dimensions and touching somebody else's heart in another city. The Bible tells us in another aspect of the Gospels, this same narrative, when the disciples went to do that, it says the person that had the cult, it says immediately they gave it to them. And that's what the Lord wants to know. When he has the process happen, and you might be right there today. You might be going through something right now. I want you to know, as we look at such a time as this, when the king is coming through in that time for salvation, or today, whatever you might need as a believer, I want you to know the Lord doesn't tease you. He doesn't wait for a long period of time when it comes to your life, whatever it might be. It's all about when you and I are ready his timing is perfect, and it'll happen. It says, immediately, they gave the cult to the disciples. I wondered how different their conversation was on the way over as on the way back. And that's the same with us. Let's continue in those verses. Verse 32, so those were sent, went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But they were loosening the colt. The owner of it said to them, why are you loosening the colt? And, and they said, the Lord has need of him. Immediately what? As the other passage says, then they brought him to Jesus and they threw on their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise with a loud voice for all mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, and teacher, rebuke your disciples, but he answered, he said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones, in other words, the rocks, would immediately cry out. You know there's a prophecy there for us to know? Everybody fled during his crucifixion. The Bible says there was a great earthquake. No one wanted to praise him there. But the rocks cried out for who the king of king and the Lord of lords is. God is always king. Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. No matter what we see happening in our world today, no matter how far the devil is trying to push Jesus out of this society, he cannot do it. He can't do it. He can try, but he will not ever have victory. What are we learning then from this passage? What do we learn? It's all about prophecy. We're living in it. We talk about it a lot in our church because 30% of the Bible is prophecy. And for those churches today, not ever to speak about it, we are on a clock now. 1948, when, when Israel became a nation again, the end times clock started. That's when it started. And we're living in that right now. And we're seeing everything that's happening 
which is hard to understand in many ways, but we are living in those times. And it all began then, and we all see what God is doing and what he has done and what he's done for eternity. When he came as king, and even though there were hundreds and hundreds proclaiming him as king, there were many, many there, thousands if not a couple million, they believe, in that time. They said, well, who's this? And even the Pharisees didn't want anything to do with him. But it didn't stop Jesus from coming into the city proclaiming that who he is and he is king. That's why it's Palm Sunday, because even before his death, he shows us victory. What do we take in our personal life? Even before we have great victory, know that it might look dark. But you follow the path of Jesus, there's always light. What does the Lord tell us then? A few days later in John chapter 18 in verses 37 through 38, Jesus is standing before the leader in Jerusalem of the day, Pilate. And Pilate says to him, are you a king then? Just what we talked about as we begin with today. Jesus being the king for such a time as this. His influence, what is his influence? Well, here's what he says. Jesus answered and said, and he continues on, are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who hears of the truth hears my voice. Let me say that again. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? When he said this, he went out again to the Jews and all the people of the day and said, I find no fault at all with him. Why was Pilate frustrated? Let me go back to the beginning where there was such a great influence of Jesus of that day. And he couldn't quite understand. He couldn't grab hold of what was taking place. Why? What was Pilate dealing with of the day? He was dealing, dealing with all the political people that were right along with him. All those people in that day, the political figures that did everything for themselves, all the illegal things they did, everything they could for money. And he was also dealing quote, quote, with the pastors of the day. See, it's no different. He was dealing with the political leaders of the day and the religious leaders of the day. And what was confusing him was he couldn't see the truth anymore. The influence that we have of the king today of Jesus, Jesus is truth. God says his word is truth. Everything in this word, everything, God's word is truth. And when you and I get confused of whatever you're going through and not trying to under, I, I don't figure, I can't figure out some things that happen to me and you can't either for you. I have to go back because the Bible says this, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
What does that mean? Everything that's going through your head. All these things the devil's throwing through there. What is that? Then? Why? Because God's word again, we always go back to it. Who's the author of that? The author of confusion, the father of lies, is the devil. That's why you get so disappointed. That's why you get so discouraged. The devil says you never be the same again. You know what? In your life, it might not ever be the same again. But can it get better? Can it have more peace? Can you still see light? Absolutely, because you're with the king. And because of his influence and the truth that he puts into your life, you don't have to be, I don't have to be frustrated like Pilate was. Again, what is all the world? Why is the world in such a mess today? Why? Because those that are in leadership are not leading. There is no truth in the political world today, in the United States, or even all across the world, or we look to pastors today, and we are so let down because they're not living in the truth. And we look at God's word and we say, well, this doesn't matter. You know what God's telling us? We have to look to him. We have to look to him. If we look to him, we can see truth. Or you can be like Pilate. I don't know. If, that's the world today. The world is so frustrated of what, you know, every, every four years, what, what do we hear? Oh, this person's going to, it's going to be so great if we get, I'm not saying don't vote and all those things. Yes, you need to vote and everything. You know how I am. But I'm saying we put ourselves, oh, this, this, this is it. This is it. It's going to change everything. No matter who's in office, does it change your morality? No. It's up to you. It's up to me. We live in a lot of darkness today. And if you know Jesus Christ, as we've talked about before, that Holy Spirit that lives within you, sometimes we forget about, that is a great light. Every day you go to work. You don't even recognize it sometimes. Everywhere you go, you have this great light that comes from you. And, and whether you realize that people are watching, they're seeing how you're living and they're knowing there's something different about them. Why? Because you have decided, even as imperfected that you have been in some things in your life, you're still trying to live in truth. And as we do that, what does God's word say? It says in the very first chapter of the book of John, Moses, the law came, but through Jesus, grace and truth came. You combine those two together, man, you can have a lot of peace in your life because you know God's grace has been given to you through what he's done on the cross of Calvary and his death and his resurrection. Let's look at one more verse. Or Actually, I think we've got a couple more. So, as king, why did he come? Well, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, another prophecy, just like Zechariah. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of this increase in his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, this, this influence of this king, 
upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward and even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let me go back. There's two little four words in there, five. It says, everlasting father and prince of peace. As he comes as king, and he's going to rule forever, he's already has started, a lot of people don't see it, but his kingdom, which started 2,000 years ago, is never going to end. His government will never end. We have the hope in that, but everlasting father. That is so important today because of how hurt and how much destruction that a father can cause to children. That's why it says, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Everlasting father. You remember a couple weeks ago when I was sharing with that, not because it's me, that that young lady that was standing on the side is pouring down rain, and I stopped my truck and I gave her money and prayed with her, and she was crying and the whole thing, and I told her and let her know that through Jesus that she can have hope. And every time I see a woman standing asking for money in a corner, I say this to myself. What man, what father in her life, what father in any young woman in any street court, what father failed her? Because there's nothing more powerful than a father's love to a daughter or to a son. What father failed her? I always tell those that have had those kind of outbreaks, I listen, Jesus can be your, your father. He can be your heavenly father. He can be your everlasting father. He can fill that void that you so wanted growing up that you never got. He's our ever, is he is king? He's our everlasting father. And what comes right along with that, he is the prince of peace. In other words, all of peace comes from his kingdom. He was born to die as he rode through the streets and all looked at him. He was proclaiming that he was king out of these verses. This is what he will do. The government will be upon his shore. He will last. His kingdom will reign forever. We are a part of that as we see this Palm Sunday. And he tells us he is our everlasting father and he is the prince of peace. Man, what's, what are we searching for in our world today? Let me close with this last verse. I text Jim late last night. I just felt I wanted to use this verse. Let me give me a second to turn to it. I didn't even mark it in here, but I was up still studying late, late, late last night. In Hebrews 12, yeah, I shared this a couple months ago, but I think it's important as I close with this today. When we think of the influence that Jesus can have on our life as king, Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving, or in other words, we have received because of God's grace, a kingdom which cannot be shaken. 
let us have grace. In other words, let us have this favor by which we may serve God, acceptable with reverence and godly fear. We have received a king. You, you and me, we are a part of his kingdom. No matter what the devil tries to do and pull out from underneath you, you are standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ that cannot ever, ever, ever be shaken. Emotionally, in every other way, as we heard the news of those kids and adults that were shot in that school, we were shaken. How could somebody do this? There is no excuse. You and I, as parents or grandparents or people who love your kids or your nieces and nephews or whoever it might be, you're shook. I mean, talk to, talk to, to some teachers or, or talk, to, uh, talk to those that you know that are in law enforcement. Ask them what's going on in their world, what they see every day. And yet, what do we do? Hey, where are we going out to eat tonight? What movie are we going to go see, you know? That's what we think. Hey, we're living in unbelievable times in a world that is dark, knowing that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And what we have to do when things like that happen and those kids and those adults that were so unmercifully shot uh, is the answer, and I'm not going to get political here, is the answer, let's just take guns away from everybody. Is that going to solve everything? No. Here's what solves things. It's right here. This right here. Because it has conviction in people's lives. You and I, through Jesus, can change someone's lives. And guess what? Whoever might be the hopefully not, but could be the next person, who's out there like us that can reach this person? We are on stable ground. We're on a foundation that cannot be shaken. But those people that I talked about a minute ago are so angry. There's no excuse for what they do or what they have done. Maybe abused or beaten. I don't know what happened, but I know this. Jesus can come into someone's life and they can experience so much unbelievable forgiveness and grace. It will transform them and change them forever. Heard so many different examples, and I'll close with from guys that were on the streets, from different gang members, devil worshipers, all kinds of everything I've heard over the years. The only thing that changed their life, and they're still on track today, is they accepted the King, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And what a testimony. But I also say this Do you know one of the pilots from 9 11? Before he went to flight school, I just know a lot about this just because of my dad growing up around planes and everything. Before he went to flight school, he was actually attending a Christian school. Nobody told him. Nobody told him about Jesus. Nobody set the example. And he went ahead and killed thousands of people. He's going to a Christian school. Hey. Man, we're, we're living in a serious, serious time, dark times. But, you know, we have an answer. 
And just as he came in as king that day, and he died on the cross a few days later, and people didn't understand it, he died for all the sins of the world. No matter what anybody goes through, no matter what they face, they can change. They can be forgiven because Jesus Christ is the truth. And when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. Whatever sin that has bound us, whatever anger, whatever resentment, whatever anything that is gone, no matter how much you've been hurt, no matter what you're going through, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's there. And you and I know. And we are going to do the best that we can as I close with today at City Church to not compromise his word ever, but to speak the truth in love. And as I shared just a couple weeks ago, if we're willing to speak that truth in love, it is unlimited what God can do through us because we live in such a hurting and dark world. And all we got to do is, like I said, put a smile on our face and live a life that Jesus has given us and as God's word tells us, people will ask you, what is the hope that you have? Why are you, there's something different about you. What is it? And you can share with them what this week is about. What you have, what I have, they can have. All we have to do is stand on that foundation that can never be shaken and people see that light come from us and we can lead them to Jesus. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today and we celebrate this Palm Sunday, but we also know why he came it was to die on a cross for all of our sins. We always do this. We have hundreds and hundreds of people that watch all over our apps YouTube and even right now it's live. If you don't know Jesus, it's this, just take a step. No matter who's hurt you, no matter what's happened in life, no matter who's failed you, no matter what's going on, know that, that Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And Romans 5, 5 says, hope, hope. You have hope in him. Hope never disappoints ever 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 through the love of God who's been poured out to us through the power of the Holy Spirit say Dallas what do, what do I have to do all you got to do is Jesus already did everything he died for all of our sins and he rose from the grave just believe trust there's no coincidence that you're watching right now and pray with me right now. God's word says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm scared. I don't understand everything that I've done or even what's going on in the world. But I need you. And Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you died on a cross for all of my sins. 
And right now, by faith, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying a cross for me. From this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. Father, as Ben leads us in this closing invitation before we partake of communion a little bit today, Lord, if there's someone even here in our midst that doesn't know you, may they accept you today. Walk this aisle and I can pray with them and lead them just as I did those over the airways. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.